0: Welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, And you may have noticed it's just me on the mic today, uh, so it's just going to be uh, you and I, dear listeners. Um, But if you're not familiar with the Catching Up on Blu-ray format, uh, essentially what I'm going to be doing here today uh, is taking a look at the uh, physical media release calendar. Uh, So that would be DVDs, Blu-ray, and 4K discs, movies, that is. It is a movie podcast after all. Uh, So uh, if you'd like to follow along with the home version of Catching Up on Blu-ray, you can do so by navigating to the lovely website of blu-ray.com. Uh, then head to the movies slash release dates page uh, and just head over to the January 2024 section. So, uh, again, if you're not familiar, uh, physical media releases uh, generally occur on Tuesdays of each calendar week. Uh, so, I'll be sure to call out the dates, uh, the release dates for all the titles mentioned uh, as we move along. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is just going to be me taking a look at the titles that resonate with me or jump out at me for whatever reason. So if I skip over something that you uh, were personally looking forward to, I apologize. Uh, Hey, maybe drop a comment or something, maybe even a negative one. I don't give a shit. Anyway, uh, let's start things off by taking a look at the first uh, release week uh, in January 2024. Uh, The first date here, we have the first major release date we have is January 2nd. Uh, And it looks like Uh, Our first major release comes in the form of Alexander Payne's uh, The Holdovers, uh, which I've heard very good things about. Uh, I love the trailer for that. Um, I caught a trailer for it a while back. Uh, Paul Giamatti is a national treasure, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I really love the man's work. Uh, He pretty, uh, pretty consistently turns in fantastic performances. As far as I understand, this movie's up for some Oscars this year uh, in terms of uh, supporting cast members, I believe. Um, Definitely one that I would like to check out. Uh, I was intrigued by the trailer alone, but then the promise of, you know, Paul Giamatti and a couple of other stellar performances, as well as, you know, director Alexander Payne being involved. Um, It seems like there's a lot on offer with that one. So I'm not going to be buying that one, but I do imagine I'll be seeing that one, maybe even watching it with the girlfriend, uh, sometime soon hopefully. Uh, moving right along, we have our first Criterion release uh, for the month of January 2024, and it comes in the for, in the form of uh, a three-pack, actually, of the Apu Trilogy. Uh, so this is a 4K release from Criterion, not something we get all the time, but uh, something that we have been seeing a lot more uh, lately, anyway. Um, Anyway, our director here is uh, Satyajit Ray. I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce that, but uh, I have heard very, very good things about these films. I do believe they were released previously uh, via the Criterion Collection on Blu-ray, but this, I imagine, uh, marks their debut on the 4K format. Uh, Very good films. Uh, They have a very good reputation, though I have not seen them. Uh, (laughs) And now... Uh, for something completely different Uh, right right alongside the Apu trilogy uh, the Criterion uh, 4k release of the Apu trilogy we have Shout Factory's release of Forced Vengeance uh, which is a Chuck Norris film uh, from 1982 it looks like so mm, fairly early in his filmography Um, I am a uh, connoisseur of action cinema um, but Chuck Norris, if I'm being honest, is one of those action cinema personalities, in particular from the decade of the 80s, that uh, I never really bit for. Uh, we were not a Walker, Texas Ranger household when I was growing up, uh, and Chuck Norris, despite you know all the memes and uh, all those clips from the Forest Warrior movie that made the rounds on the internet, aside from all that business, um, to me he's always been that guy that fought Bruce Lee at the end of Way of the Dragon slash... Return of the Dragon. Uh, beyond that, never really been a fan uh, of his filmography. Haven't done a deep dive on it. Although I do have, I do own a handful of his his movies. The ones that I would consider to be standouts uh, in his in his filmography. Forced Vengeance. I actually don't know its reputation, uh, but it is from kind of a sweet spot in his filmography when it seemed like maybe it was slightly early like maybe he didn't have like major studio backing like I, this may be like the early end of the canon days or maybe even slightly preceding it um but i'll have to look into this one uh, i have no plans to buy or watch it but eh, I'm curious just just because 1982 is pretty early for him uh we have uh the facts of murder from 1959 uh, this comes to us from Radiance Films, and you can tell that immediately based on the uh, the colored strip uh, that occupies uh, about a third of the cover art for their releases. Um, Radiance, as far as I understand, are somewhat of a new arrival. Not new, but like a recent arrival uh, in terms of the uh, American uh, Blu-ray distribution game. Uh, I don't know anything about Facts and Murder, but I have been waiting for ah radiance film uh, to pick up uh, just because eh, you know but in 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 the movie collecting game i'm not sure if i'd call myself a movie collector i'm more of a, a curator like i have a curated collection of films like I, there's very few outliers in my collection of films like for instance you won't find many comedies uh, on my on my personal shelf of movies that's just not re- really what i'm into um but in this game of of buying mo- and collecting movies or curating them, however you want to phrase it, um, whenever there's a new kid on the block, uh, you're always th- there is a curiosity factor. There's a novelty factor that comes with that, and you know you want to sample their wares. You want to see what they're about. Uh, so I'm waiting for the day that Radiance puts something out that's like a, a must grab for me, uh, so I can take a look at what they're all about and what their discs, like what the character of their discs are. It's it's very similar to being a foodie, I guess, uh, albeit with uh, Blu-ray discs instead of, instead of food. Um, anyway, uh, moving right along, uh, I'm going to be completely honest and say that uh, nothing else on January 2nd really um, jumps out at me. Uh, I will point out that a Daisy Ridley movie by the name of The Marsh King's Daughter, which has a not very good cover... Um, Ben Mendelsohn is apparently the small figure in the bottom right corner of that cover art, uh, as well as a, uh, Bridget Bardot movie by the name of, uh, Please, Not Now, uh, from 1961. Um, both of those are also getting Blu-ray releases on this date, uh, though I do not care. Uh, so I'm going to bounce on down to the next week here. Uh, you may have noticed I'm kind of rushing through this one. I apologize for that, um, it's been a long week and it's just getting started uh, so January 9th 2024 um, our first uh, major release we have here uh, comes in the form of uh, old boy uh, which is come coming to us uh, from decal releasing which uh, speaking of um, new labels um, I don't know that decal releasing is one it does look like they have about... Three pages of titles in their uh, catalog of Blu-ray releases, so I'd I'd say they're pretty new, and it does look like uh, art house. Uh, art house seems to be their uh, their lane. Uh, Old Boy obviously has been released uh, multiple times on Blu-ray uh, in many in every region conceivable. Um, Old Boy is a Park Chan Wook film uh, from South Korea. Uh, it's a beloved film. Uh, I own it. Uh, On Blu-ray, I forget who puts out the uh, the version that I have. Um, If I had to guess, it's uh, yeah, Tartan Video, Uh, Tartan Asia Extreme. Wow, that's a that's a label I haven't thought of in uh, quite a while. Um, But yeah, uh, this apparently is not just a 4K, a 4K, um, but it's also a uh, like a hardback, like bound book uh, packaging. So premium packaging. Uh, and 4k and it looks like it got a 4.5 out of 5 in terms of image quality so we're doing quite a lot good with this release um, I, I would consider that uh, it does carry a premium price tag uh, which is unfortunate but it does look like they gave the film it's due uh, and it does look like on the uh, the spine uh, neon uh, is given uh, some titling there, Uh, so I'm guessing its decal must be belong to Neon or must be associated with them in some fashion. Uh, Pretty exciting for fans of that film, uh, for it to get not just the 4K, but like the Ultra Primo uh, treatment there. Uh, Beside that, we have uh, another Criterion release, Uh, so our second for the month, um, of the Coen Brothers' Blood Simple from 1984, uh, funny enough, this is a, a Coen Brothers joint that I have not seen. Uh, although uh, it is part of the Criterion Collection, so as we tend to say here, at catching up on cinema—if it's part of the Criterion Collection—is more than likely worth your time. Uh, I do know that to be the case with this film. It is a very highly regarded film and a fairly early one in their filmography. Um, one that I'd very much like to check out. Not exactly in a hurry to run out and blind buy it, um, but I do feel bad. Uh, being the proud uh, producer slash owner slash host of a, a, pod, a movie review podcast that's been around for five plus years. And uh, I haven't seen this one <laughs> along with most of the high quality films that I'll be talking about today uh, that are receiving Blu-rays or 4K releases this month. Again, sorry. Um, speaking of movies I haven't seen, uh, beside that, we also have a 4K release of Varsity Blues, um, which comes to us from Paramount, directed by Brian Robbins. Um, just to satisfy my own curiosity, I'm just going to pull him up real quick just to see if he's done anything that I know of, because that name doesn't mean anything to me. Um, looks like he's both director and producer, and I'm kind of glad I pulled him up, because, uh, uh, wow. Not not a man of of uh, quality. Uh, So just to rattle off the the poster art, uh, the the titles here in Brian Robbins's filmography. Again, I don't know if he was director or producer or both uh, for any of these movies. But just to list off some of the more noteworthy titles that he was uh, involved in the production of, uh, we have Meet Dave. Uh, that would be the Eddie Murphy, uh, I think it's like an alien comedy, where really the only thing I think anybody knows of or remembers of that film uh, is the uh, the meme photo of the giant Eddie Murphy head, and it's it's like mounted on the bed of a truck or something. It was a promotional tool where they, they were carting around L.A. or something, a, a giant Eddie Murphy head. So Google that, giant Eddie Murphy head, and you will find... Uh, the promotional tool for Meet Dave. That's literally all I know about that movie. Beside that, uh, we have Norbit, <laughs> uh, which is a uh, Eddie Murphy film uh, that carries a very poor reputation. Um, I have a funny little story about Norbit. Um, my uh, my ex, my ex girlfriend, uh, she was from Mexico, uh, and the story goes she learned quite a bo- quite a lot of her English from the movie Norbit. <laughs> Um, apparently Norbit was one of the first movies, uh, that she was exposed to when she entered this country, uh, and quite a lot of her sense of humor and, uh, her understanding of the English language came from, uh, watching Norbit over and over and over again. Uh, yeah, I, I, you better believe I, I ended up having to watch Norbit at some point. Uh, and you know what, despite its reputation, it was not that bad. I'll, I'll just say that much, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's my Norbit story. Uh, I don't think anyone else has a Norbit story, so I guess it's kind of fun that I have one. Um, Wild Hogs. Uh, Brian Robbins was also apparently involved in Wild Hogs, uh, which is a movie, one of those Tim Allen movies that I've I've seen an inordinate number of times. Uh, Joe Somebody is, is the number one Tim Allen movie that I've seen a lot more than any normal human being ought to, and Wild Hogs is probably a close second couldn't tell you why just convenience or something uh speaking of tim allen uh, and questionable ad campaigns uh he was all uh, brian robbins was also involved in the shaggy dog um which if you don't understand the reference uh, go ahead and look up google the uh the poster art for the shaggy dog and <laughs> have fun trying to sleep tonight because uh, yeah that is one of the most terrifying posters you'll ever see uh what else we got um holy shit this brian robbins guy i I don't know anything about him but he he is involved in some of the most amazing movies um ready to rumble aka the movie where david arquette and uh all uh, david arquette and scott con that would be james con's son uh, the progeny of james con scott con and david arquette Uh, assist Oliver Platt in winning the WCW championship. Uh, This was a movie that was heavily invested in uh, WCW specifically, not just pro wrestling, but specifically the talent and the production of WCW to the point that it is uh, infamous for being like the, the co-promotion of the ready to rumble movie along with uh, WCW um, resulted in an actual wrestling storyline on WCW television that pissed off a lot of people because David Arquette uh, was in fact, he did in fact acquire the world championship uh, in WCW wrestling um, as part of like a co-promotional scheme for this movie um, and also served as the impetus uh, many years down the line for, uh, I think it's a documentary called you it's like, you can't kill David Arquette or something like that i haven't watched it but i really really want to basically it's a documentary about him many years down the line re-entering the world of pro wrestling to kind of like legitimize like like retroactively i guess his his reign as champion in wcw because he caught a lot of shit uh, from a lot of hardcore fans for that um anyway that's that's my Rey to rumble story uh, Brian Robbins was also involved in uh, the production of *Good Burger*, all that, and Keenan and Kel*. Uh, so he did some work on uh, Nickelodeon television and film, uh, and also *Chud* two, *Bud the Chud*. Uh, that that's all I can stand to say about Brian Robbins. That was that was incredible. Uh, that man is a, that man is a legend. I don't know what he did on all those films, but. Th- just, just that was quite the filmography, I'll just say that much. Uh, beside uh, Varsity Blues on 4K, we also have Suitable Flesh, um, which uh, came out in 2023, stars Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton. Uh, it's directed by Joe Lynch uh, and is supposed to be heavily inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. I'm not sure if they actually have like a direct source material story that they're working from there, but. I've heard some interesting things about it. I don't know if it's actually good, um, but in the the corners of, like, film Twitter and stuff that I hang out on, I've heard some interesting buzz about it. Um, but moving on down, uh, we have Eddie Murphy, Raw uh, coming to us. This is the stand-up comedy show, um, a legendary stand-up comedy show from Eddie Murphy from 1987. Um, comes to us from Paramount, Uh I'm not sure if that's been released previously, but hey, it's kind of cool that it's, it's out there because it, it's worth seeing. Uh, if you're into Eddie Murphy's comedy, it is worth seeing. We also have... Um, I'm just going to skip a bunch of this shit because honestly, none of, none of it's really jumping out at me. Um, wow, I think I'm done uh, for this week. I I blew my wad on Brian Robbins. I'm sorry about that, because if I'm being totally honest, uh, yeah, nothing else is really jumping out at me uh, for this week. Uh, So let's skip on down to January 16th, 2024. Uh, And hey, right away, we have something that I am interested in. Um, Our first major release for January 16th, 2024 comes to us in the form of uh, the Raid colon Redemption, or just the Raid, if you feel like it um, from 2011. Uh, and this is a 4k release of the film. Uh, so this comes to us from director Gareth Evans, who I find to be a very, very talented filmmaker. Um, even if his output is slight, like the, the few things that he's given us have shown quite a lot of promise. Very, very excited for his, uh, I think it's called Havoc, uh, starring Tom Hardy. That's supposed to be his next feature. Uh, it's been in the works for a really long time. I have I don't know anything about it other than Tom Hardy's in it, and it comes to us from Gareth Evans. That's all I need, honestly, because I really like both of those things. Uh, so this is a uh, kind of a legendary uh, action slash martial arts film from Indonesia. I believe Gareth Evans himself is Welsh, um, but he's done quite a lot of films in Indonesia. Uh, stars Iko Uwais, uh, who has since you know become one of the top dogs of action slash martial arts cinema uh, since 2011. That is Um, this 4k version uh, apparently received uh, like completely new color correction and color timing uh, supervised and approved by the director himself. Uh, He has promoted the thing personally on social media and stuff. And he has said that uh, this is his favorite. Like this is his preferred a presentation of the film. I haven't heard him comment on the the score for the film uh, because I do know that when the film was uh, exported uh, to other regions, more specifically the U.S., um, they did bring in, I think it was Mike Shinoda, um, was that the guy from Lincoln Park or whatever, uh, to rescore the film um to give it like a more kinetic and more uh i don't know give it a heavier sound i guess to go with the extreme violence and and hard edge that the movie bears um i actually don't know if the director has a preference on the score uh if if his original score for the film uh, is his preference or if the redone score is i'll have to look into that um i really want to pick this up uh, at the moment, it is very expensive. It's at, at least 50 bucks um, which is quite a lot for me if I'm being honest. Um, but I do love this movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched it uh, and this, you know picking this up, uh, especially with the new color and everything, uh, is something that I'm really interested in doing. Uh, so it is out in the wild now. Um, I will be getting this. I just you know I, I kind of would like the price to come down just a notch. <laughs> Uh, beside that, we have Lone Star on 4k. Uh, this comes to us from director John sales, and it is part of the, uh, criterion collection stars, Chris Cooper and Chris Christofferson and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Hey, some talented folk in there. Um, I don't know a damn thing about it. Uh, but again, part of the criterion collection probably worth your time. Um, beside that, uh, we have, uh, an arrow box set, uh, of uh, Inside the Mind of Coffin Joe, which I forget actually what uh, country of origin uh, Coffin, the character of Coffin Joe hails from, um, but I do know it's kind of like a, an icon of, of horror. Uh, and it looks like these titles uh, range from 1964 to 2008, so the character has quite the long legacy. Uh, there's quite a lot of people they are going to gobble that up. Uh, that's going to make a lot of people happy. Not me. Uh, but a lot of people. Um, we also have on 4K Trolls Band Together uh, from 2023. Haven't seen any of the Trolls movies. Uh, I've heard for, like, family entertainment, they're they're just, fun, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of singing, uh, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not. Um, but hey, I also don't have kids. Um, moving on down, though, uh, we have, what is this? Uh, Ernest and Celestine... Uh, colon a trip to Gibberichia Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name Um, but uh, this appears to be an animated film Uh, I do not know its country of origin but just to read the uh, plot description here a new adventure takes Ernest and Celestine back to Ernest's country Gibberichia to fix his broken violin this exotic land is home to the best musicians on earth and music constantly fills the air with joy However, upon arriving, our two heroes discover that all forms of music have been banned there for many years, and for them, a life without music is unthinkable. Along with their friends and a mysterious masked outlaw, Ernest and Celestine must try their best to bring music and happiness back to the land of bears. The land of bears! Um, it looks like the spoken language uh, in the film is French, so I'm going to assume that it comes from a... Uh, country of origin that primarily speaks French. Um, the character designs and and the background art, like just by taking a glance at the screenshots on the Blu-ray.com profile for the film, uh, suggests it has a neat look to it. Uh, of course, you'd have to see it in motion to really know what it's all about. But um, I don't know much. I don't know much of anything at all about that. But hey, it jumped out at me, and and the plot summary is quite charming. Now, um, beside that, we have Chopper from the year 2000. This comes to us from Shout Factory via their Shout Select label. And uh, who directs this one? Uh, Andrew Dominic directed this. And uh, this is uh, a movie that I know by reputation um, via a YouTube um, channel. Uh, I I forget the name of the fella, but it's uh, George Rockle Smith, I think is his name. He's kind of an eccentric fella. I think he might be Australian or British by way of Australia, one of those weird combinations. Anyway, uh, he did a profile on this movie that made it sound very fascinating. Um showcases Eric Bana very early in his career. I have to assume this was like the the movie that got him uh, international acclaim. Um basically this is the movie that got him like his Hulk roles and his his Troy roles and stuff a few years later uh, because he just kind of arrived at least for me in the early 2000s i didn't know who eric Bana was He was just some some guy who was getting these big roles out of nowhere i believe a lot of that goodwill stemmed from the strength of his performance in this film uh it, it looks to be a very very good film it looks like he really showed up for the performance eric Bana is an interesting fella um i what was it um Funny people, I think, is the movie—the Adam Sandler movie—that is ironically not a very funny movie. Um, if if memory serves, Eric Bana is fantastic in that. He's like a, he plays—he's playing an Australian in it, so he's not having to cover his uh, accent, but he's—he's he's playing like a a rugby fan, and the way he describes the game of rugby is—it—it it all comes down to little facas and big facas, and it, it is his spiel in that movie is utterly charming and hilarious <laughs> um other than that all i really know about him is um apparently he's really uh into cars uh, i had a friend uh, a roommate in college uh who was also really into cars um and apparently eric Bano like financed a whole documentary about his car habit and the story goes apparently the acting was always secondary to his car habit it financed his car habit or something along those lines i'm, I'm speaking directly out of my ass this is all through several degrees of separation this, these are all things that were told to me by my roommate uh but the the phrase my mates and my beast uh are what i always associate with uh, eric Bana, and w- it it would be his answer to the the conan question of what is best in life and speaking of conan put a pin in that um We'll get there when we get there but yeah my mates and my beast <laughs> that's always what i think of when i think of eric banna never actually seen that documentary never actually heard the direct quote i just remember my roommate uh saying that a lot uh and we all had a good laugh about it uh we have run silent run deep coming to us from uh Kino, it looks like uh it stars clark gable and burt lancaster uh, i think that's a a uh, World War II submarine film, like a, a U-boat movie. I'm not positive on that, but I, I seem to remember that being included in one of those great submarine flick conversations back in the day. Those come up from time to time. Uh, we also have um, The Child, uh, or Childe. I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. It's a funny way of spelling that word. Uh, this comes to us from director Park Hoon Jung, uh, this is a korean film uh, i saw a couple of clips from it on the social medias uh seemed fine nothing that i would i would have gone i would go out of my way uh, to consume or buy uh but it it looks like it at least has some high points to it um we have the devil's brigade also coming to us from kino just based on the berets and the firearms on the cover i would say that That's likely another World War II film. Not one that I'm familiar with, obviously. Um, And that's about it uh, for that week. So I'm going to bounce on down to the next one, uh, which brings us to January 23rd, 2024. Uh, Our first major release uh, comes in the form of a Kino release on 4K, no less, of Kindergarten Cop. Uh, this would be the 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, that kind of was maybe the 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 peak of the family-friendly Arnold wave. Um, Terminator 2 would continue that trend, but this one was you know more probably more strongly targeting uh, like a more family-oriented audience for him. He was transitioning away from the you know the hard edge hard R um, types of films, although. The irony there is that Kindergarten Cop is a a split personality film. Uh, sorry if that's offensive, the phrasing there, but um, while it is, while it does have him interacting with children and has a lot of trailer worthy bits of humor involving those interactions with children, it also is intensely dark and very very violent at times. Uh, so it it tries to do both things, and as a result it ends up being a movie that is most certainly not for kids, even though quite like about half of it is squarely targeted at them. About half of it absolutely is not for them. Um, yeah, it's a very confused movie in that way. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I've watched this one, but, um, there's tons of quotes in it. I think uh, Kyle and I just used uh, one the other day, uh, yeah, not one that I'm going to be picking up anytime soon, but you know, uh, it's out there now on 4K, no less. Uh, beside that, we have Thinner, uh, which comes to us from Scream Factory, via uh, Shout Factory slash Scream Factory, four and a half out of five in terms of image quality. I am shocked. I would have expected this to have come out on Blu-ray uh, a long time ago. Uh, It is a Stephen King adaptation, after all. Um, I've seen this one an inordinate number of times as well. comes to us from director Tom Holland, who has done some good work in the past, Uh, stars Robert John Burke. Uh, That would be... uh, He was the man who stepped in for Peter Weller uh, in RoboCop 3, when Peter Weller said, hell no. Um, And also features, quite prominently in the second half anyway, uh, Joe Mantegna, um, and uh, what's his Daniel von Bargen? I think is in there as well. Um, Thinner Thinner is an, is a very cruel, very, very, very dark film in a lot of ways. Um, somewhat uneven, um, but for whatever reason, m- maybe it was just like playing on cable uh, when I was of age to be interested in such things. I have seen it an inordinate number of times. Um, I find quite a lot of Stephen King films to be very 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 consumable that's some some of some of his storytelling just seems to have that special quality to it um, that just makes it utterly consumable and very very cozy and thinner is no exception although I will strongly emphasize that I do find it to be a very cruel film and all it very mean spirited story um, to a, to a greater degree than some of his other ones. Uh, uh, that poster art, by the way, I'm really glad that they uh, they preserved that uh, for the cover art for this one, uh, for the for the box art for the movie. Because, uh, yeah, in 1996, uh, you better believe that made an impression. Uh, that spooked me just a little bit. Um, we have uh, Justice League colon uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, part one. Uh, this is part of the DC. Uh, animated series of films that they've been putting out direct-to-video for quite some time now, um, dating back to, what is it, uh, Superman Doomsday? I remember buying the DVD of that uh, at Best Buy way back in the day. I, I think I was in college at the time. Um, looks like, I, I seem to recall that this is going to be at least two, maybe even three parts long. Um and I think I just read today, uh, I, I apologize if this is false, but I think I just read today that um, with the release of the uh, the, the game, uh, Suicide Squad uh, Kill the Justice League, it's a brand new game, like came out this week, I believe. Um, Kevin Conroy is featured in that game uh, as vocal talent uh, for Batman. Uh, which is noteworthy being as Kevin Conroy has unfortunately passed away uh, quite like a decent time ago actually like he's he's been gone for a while Um, I think I saw it mentioned on the social medias today that um, that game just came out it had been in development for years though which is important to note Um, but uh, it will not be his final uh, voice performance as Batman uh, will not be his final voice voice performance period, um, because one of these Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths parts, uh, be it part two or if there is a part three, um, he already recorded lines for it. Uh, so one of these is going to be his final farewell to to the world of of to the world basically in terms of his his output his his work. Um, anyway, just figured I'd share that. Uh, being as he, to a lot of us he he was batman like he's always going to be batman he's he's the best um moving on though uh what else we got here we got jennifer eight uh this is from 1992 uh, also a shout factory release not a scream factory it comes to us from director bruce robinson uh stars andy garcia and uma thurman in 1992 hmm uh also features lance Henriksen. um I don't know anything about this movie although i did see a clip of it on the social medias uh not too long ago uh involving one of the characters uh, getting betrayed and shot i won't spoil who that was um but kind of like out of context it was kind of funny <laughs> let's just say that much um we also have a criterion uh box of uh chantal ackerman masterpieces uh these are a collection of films from 1968 to 1978. Uh, not familiar with the filmmaker. Um, but again, as we tend to say, criterion collection, probably worth your time. It is embarrassing how many things I have not seen, uh, whilst uh, continuing to host a weekly movie review podcast. <laughs> again, apologies, but Hey, you're listening to this. So maybe you're the one making the mistakes in life. Not me. Um, we have Special Ops: colon, Lioness, Season One, which I'm sorry, just based on that title, uh, just it just reeks of jank. But I I know that's not really the case. Uh, this this stars uh, I'm going to pronounce her name uh, properly because no one else does, uh, and I'm gonna if she on the off chance she's listening, maybe she'll be proud of me. Zoe Saldana, Danya Zoe Saldana. Uh, Apparently she goes by Zoe Saldana just because it's easy uh, and has been doing that for quite a long time. But I seem to remember seeing an an interview where she actually said, no, it's actually Zoe Saldana with an Enya, an an Enya or whatever. Um, I believe this is a Taylor Sheridan program. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, the man who owns Paramount plus basically, basically Paramount is kept afloat by him and Tom Cruise. That is it. That's all. Maybe Halo for the handful of people who give a shit about Halo. Uh, But yeah, this is one of his things. Uh, I've heard it's actually good. I don't know if that's true though, because Taylor Sheridan basically has a church. Like, like he has a cult, like he has a following, a very big following, a deceptively big following. If you're, if you're from my region (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, to me, it, it just reeks of jank just based on that title. But apparently it's it's not like apparently has money backing it it has good people involved in it and it's a taylor sheridan joint so it's apparently not bad (laughs) anyway uh what is this the inferno from 1979 uh mondo macabro is putting this one out uh simply called jigoku so hell in japanese Uh, it comes to us from 1979 I'm actually curious if this is the movie that's also sometimes referred to as just the English title of his Japanese Hell. Um, because if that's the case, uh, I, I know it by reputation without knowing much of anything about it. I don't know if it's actually the same film. But anyway, that's coming to us from another one of those boutique labels uh, that I unfortunately don't really have any direct experience with. But uh, maybe someday. That's not going to be the one that I... I dive in with, but someday I'll keep my eyes out. Maybe one will pop up that I isn't like a must-buy for me. Um, we have Jinnah uh, and Impossible Object from 1998 and 1973, respectively. I point both of these out as a package deal because uh, these come to us from Indicator slash Powerhouse Films. I believe there are a UK label uh, who, within the past couple of years, have started uh, distributing titles in my region in the U.S. Um, Another one of those boutique labels that I I do not own any of their catalog. So not going to be starting there, but maybe someday. And that's about it for that week. So I'm going to bounce on down to January 30th, which I have to assume is the final release date uh, of January 2024. Uh, And this is where things are inevitably going to get a little bit messy, uh, as tends to be the case with each uh, month. uh, Because this is when Vinegar Syndrome uh, floods the calendar uh, with theirs and all of their partner label uh, releases for the calendar month. Uh, So I apologize if I skip over um, one of the Vinegar Syndrome or Vinegar Syndrome partner label titles that you personally were very much looking forward to hearing me say something about, um, if I do so, it's because I honestly don't know anything about it. I don't know it by reputation. So, uh, our first release here on January 30th comes to us from vinegar syndrome proper. And this is a 4k, uh, collection of the prophecy films. Uh, I believe all of which, uh, star Christopher Walken. Um, these range from 1995 to the year 2000. Um, I'm, I've always been curious about these movies um, because I forget what VHS it was uh, at my parents' house growing up. Um, but one of them, uh, one of the tapes that I used to watch a lot when I was a kid, had a trailer for, I think it was The Prophecy 2. It had to have been the second one, not the third one, if it came out in the year two thousand. That's too late. Uh, I think it was the Prophecy two, um, was featured like had a, a trailer on one of the tapes I used to watch when I was a kid, and uh, it was striking. Like I didn't know I, I think I was honestly too young to even really know what was happening in the movie. <laughs> but um, if memory serves, I think like Vigo Mortensen's in the first one in a small role. Remember this nineteen ninety five. This is like around the time he was doing like Carlito's way and stuff. He was on his way up. Um, I don't know much about these movies, but that trailer lives rent free in my head. And I've always been curious. Um, I will not be buying this. Um, I won't be blind buying my way into the prophecy franchise, but seeing this on the, on the, calendar um seeing it getting the 4k treatment make like just reminds me of like oh yeah those those movies were a thing that i don't know uh, that i never actually watched i've always known about but i've only been curious so maybe this will get me to pull the trigger on watching those movies uh, probably via rental or streaming or something rather than purchasing a full ass vinegar syndrome three pack on 4k no less but hey you know it's just kind of cool to have it put back on my radar um but beside that we have a 4k box um two pack not not a trilogy but a two pack of films that i will be buying in fact i already paid for it i i just need to wait for it to get to my doorstep um that would come in the form of Arrow's release of what they're calling The Conan Chronicles uh, which is uh, both of the Arnold Schwarzenegger headlined um, Conan films so that would be Conan the Barbarian from 1982 and Conan the Destroyer from 1984 Um, we already reviewed, uh, we actually reviewed um, Conan the Barbarian uh, for catching up on cinema I believe uh, Kyle's brother Nick uh, guessed it on that episode uh, we have not talked about Conan the Destroyer. Um, I do not know if there are plans for us to talk about Conan the Destroyer, but uh, Barbarian was directed by John Milius, who is an interesting fella uh, unto himself. The sequel was directed by Richard Fleischer, who I have to assume is a considerably less interesting man. <laughs> um, I love both of these movies. Uh, a very good friend of mine to this very day um, turned me on to a, uh, basil Polidoris's uh score for the conan films both of them uh, he scored both films definitely brought his like a plus game to barbarian uh that isn't that is an opera that score is an opera you can listen to that score in isolation and get the whole ass story uh, and have a great ass time just sitting sitting back and closing your eyes and just drinking in that music um fantastic score absolutely incredible destroyer it's an a it's not an a plus just put it that way uh i do like some of the additions made to the the opening title track though um he the way he weaves in the uh theme music from barbarian into that opening piece of music is pretty cool um anvil of crom man that that is a that is a piece of music (laughs) like that is a theme in fact, it's such a theme, it's such a hyper-masculine theme, that they used it to promote a Stallone movie. They used an Arnold Schwarzenegger theme music to promote, I believe it was Rambo 3, which is seems blasphemous, but hey, they did it. I, I remember seeing the trailer. Um, but yeah, I love these movies. I've only ever seen them on DVD, um, via a DVD collection that... Uh, my aforementioned friend who introduced me to the score for those movies, uh, got for me as a gift. So, Hey friend, if you listen to this, I know you don't. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I, this is, this is a no brainer for me. I love these movies. I want to own them, especially in a super duper arrow 4k box with the hard, hard case and everything. Fuck. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, so like I said, already paid for it. it's on the way. Um, beside that we have Daryl on 4k. That is an acronym. Uh, apparently, uh, but I don't know what it stands for, but uh, it's from 1985, comes to us from Simon Winsor. Um, Data analyzing robot youth life form is what Daryl stands for. Uh, I don't know much of anything about this, but hey, it's part of Vinegar Syndrome's catalog, which means it must be fucking weird uh, and probably of its time. So hey, it's getting the 4K treatment, must have done something right. Uh, We have also from Vinegar Syndrome uh, Fatal Games Uh, and I'll just read the plot description here because it is quite entertaining. Uh, A mad javelin thrower kills teenagers in the school. All promising athletes are executed in the most brutal way, especially naked girls in dressing rooms or saunas. Yeah, that sounds like it fits right in uh, with the Vinegar Syndrome catalog. Uh, Interesting cover art. I feel like it's it it seems a little too classy for, for that movie. I feel like like something jankier and trashier would be better. It, especially that font. Like the font makes me think of like Ender's game or something, rather than a javelin throwing slasher movie. <laughs> uh we have the Black Room from nineteen eighty three, also a vinegar syndrome release. Comes to us from director Norman Thaddeus Vane. Uh hey, Linneo Quigley's in there. I'm sure uh I'm sure you see a lot of grain quickly in that movie. Uh on 4K we have The Psychic from 1977. This comes to us from Severin Films and hey, uh, my boy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast uh, might want to put this on his uh on his wish list uh, being as it is a uh, Lucio Fulci film and it is in fucking 4K. Uh, So that checks a couple of boxes, I'd imagine. Could be wrong, but I'm just going to make that assumption. Uh, We also have Nightmare on 4K. This comes to us from 1981, and it is a Severin release. I know Brad, again, my boy Brad, uh, my boy Brad uh, from the Cinema Speak podcast, I know he's a fan of Severin. To date, I have never bought a Severin film, uh, with uh, the exception, I think of uh v uh, v-i-y uh, just that that's how you spell it v i think it's a uh soviet russian film i believe um a supernatural thriller kind of movie um i think i i think they put out a blu-ray of that that i almost bought from my friend uh although unfortunately i ended up buying him a bootleg dvd instead because the severin release didn't happen until several months afterwards the timing was shit so apologies to my friend who i bought that bootleg for uh we have unlawful entry from 1992 uh this stars kurt russell and ray liotta ray liotta uh, interesting filmography that fell ahead um Kind of, like I feel like he, he had his really, really big hits, but then it kind of floundered a little bit. Like I feel like Hollywood was never quite sure what to do with him um, despite him having some of the, those big hit films on his resume. Like there, there are certain things he just didn't quite find his place. Um, we have uh, Red Rock West um, comes to us from Cinematograph, um, which it looks like that's Probably a uh, partner label uh, of Vinegar Syndrome. This is from director slash writer John Dahl. Uh, stars Nicholas Cage and Dennis Hopper and Lara Flynn Boyle, uh, and also features J.T. Walsh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know this film, uh, but it looks like from a packaging standpoint, and perhaps from a visual quality standpoint on the disc, that is, uh, they did a very good job with it. So. Cinematograph. Maybe check them out. Uh, We have a 4K release from Kino of Scarlet Street uh, from 1945. Uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, From 2023, uh, it's getting a Blu-ray release uh, from Sony. This comes to us from director Eli Roth. This film is, of course, a uh, feature-length adaptation of uh, the, at the time, (laughs) fake trailer. Uh, that Eli Roth had made for uh, what was it? Uh, Grindhouse. Uh, The Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez uh, double feature uh, joint uh, Grindhouse. Um, uh, Was the fake trailer in there that apparently they blew up to full full feature length. And as far as I've heard, it's not bad. Like it's maybe one of the better Eli Roth movies in recent memory. Um, I would watch this. I don't own many horror films. um, Not really my lane. Um, But hey, come Halloween time or Thanksgiving time or something, if I'm in the mood for a slasher that I haven't seen, I might actually reach for this one on streaming or something. Um, Holy shit! Uh, We have Joe's Apartment coming to us from uh, Warner Brothers via their Warner Archive Collection imprint. Um, This comes to us from director John Payson... And, uh, speaking of, uh, feature length adaptations, as far as I recall, the story of this film is that it is a feature length adaptation of like a series of commercials or skits on presumably MTV at the time. Uh, this came out in 1996 stars, Jerry O'Connell. Um, I have never seen Joe's apartment, but I almost saw Joe's apartment and, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't have like a a substantive story about this movie, but the story goes um my mom rented this movie on VHS and the way this movie is promoted was uh, it, it was like a a musical where a bunch of roaches sing and dance in a guy's shitty apartment. Um so I knew about the movie, um but my mom didn't. <laughs> and so she rented it and she put it in the VCR and we watched the opening minutes of it. And she got up and she turned it off and she said, hell nah. (laughs) She took it right back to Blockbuster. Uh, And that's the story of how I never got to see Joe's apartment. Probably never will. Uh, Although I bet you uh, the podcasters out there who specialize in bad movies, I bet you they're all reviewing Joe's apartment this week. Um, Because that's generally how that works. One of these old pieces of shit comes out on Blu-ray uh, you know, gets gets all shined up and made made to look great on on 1080p or 4K or whatever, and then all the, all the shitty movie podcasters come out of the woodwork to review it. <laughs> that's, that's the pipeline. Um, I don't think I could get Kyle to watch this, nor am I terribly curious about it. But anyway, uh, we have The Boogans uh, from 1981. Uh, this comes to us from uh, Kino, and holy fucking shit, The Boogans is getting the 4K treatment. Um, I only know about this movie because, uh, apparently I watch too much YouTube. Um, there's another, uh, there's another, uh, YouTuber, I believe his name is, was it Brandon Tenold? I could be, I could be getting the, my wires crossed as far as the names are concerned, but, um, Brandon Tenold, I think is a Canadian YouTuber who specializes in, hey, wouldn't you know it, bad movies. Um. But because he's Canadian, he also um, dedicates like a month out of every year to talk about Canuxploitation films, like bad Canadian movies, usually horror movies. And uh, I believe he covered The Boogans. Um, I don't know. I actually don't recall if it was a Canadian film, but I know he reviewed The Boogans. That's the only way I know what The Boogans is. is. And uh, yeah, uh, it looks like shit. Although that title is special. Like, I'm glad that he's it exists, just because we had, we now have a movie called The Boogans. It exists. Um, Sons of Steel comes to us from Umbrella Entertainment, and this is from the year 1988, and uh, I'm just going to read this plot summary because the collection of screenshots they have here are fascinating, to say the least. <laughs> Um, The the heavy metal futuristic action-packed adventure Sons of Steel is set in 21st century Sydney, Australia that explains a lot Black Alice, rock star and man of peace is trapped by the fascist government and accidentally transported into the future to witness the results of nuclear devastation. His grim discovery that he is directly responsible leads him to travel back from the future to save mankind from destruction. Um... You better believe one of the screenshots involves uh, some guy in, in hot pants uh, riding a what appears to be a made in USA nuclear missile uh, shaped like a dong uh, yeah I don't know what the fuck that is but I, I really dig the, the cover art um, who is putting this one out again uh, Umbrella Entertainment so they are they are an Australian publisher I have at least one of their discs maybe two I think um Unfortunately, I think like some of their discs play in my region. Some of them are Region, region A, but not all of them. Like I, I have to do a lot of digging whenever I want to buy something from them. In fact, I'm in the market for some of their discs like right now. Um, but I need to confirm um, if they'll play on my player, because I don't have an all-region player. Um, if memory serves, I think they might be putting out uh, The Chaser, uh, which is a Korean film from the... I want to say it's like the mid-2000s um that's supposed to be like an exceptional like man versus man like hard-edge thriller film that uh, i'd very much like to see um but yeah i actually don't know if it's region a or not we have skateboard from 1978 coming to us from factory 25 have to assume that's a partner label don't actually know just gonna make a wild assumption though uh <laughs> rover dangerfield uh, from 1991 is coming to us from the warner archive collection that would be the harvey <laughs> the rodney dangerfield film excuse me uh it's been a long day uh the rodney dangerfield um voiced uh animated film uh, from 1991 i've seen clips from it I, I don't think i've ever actually saw it front to back though um but yeah for some reason that's getting put out um they're like cleaning out the drunk junk drawers <laughs> Um, Moving on down, we have a, what is this, Stielke Heinz 15, a 1987, Uh, this is from Altered Innocence, I'm going to assume that's also a partner label, Uh, quite the title, uh, quite the cover art, really like that cover by the way. Uh, We have Mudbound from the year 2017, this comes to us from Criterion. Uh, and is directed by D. Rees. Uh, looks to star uh, Carrie Mulligan, among others. Uh, so if you're a fan, maybe check it out. Um, we have Silent Night, which comes to us from the year 2023. And who is putting this out? Uh, Lionsgate. Uh, duh. That should have known that. Um, so this comes to us from director John Woo. Uh, and it's a i haven't heard much good about it, unfortunately um its gimmick is apparently that uh it's a dialog film like i think there's like ambient dialogue but in terms of like major characters speaking on camera i don't i think it's largely devoid of that that's kind of the gimmick um stars joel kinnaman uh is supposed to be largely like in lieu of dialogue, largely spurred on by action, like that's the main event here. And kind of a curious movie, uh, being as it's a John Woo movie in 2023, but more importantly, a John Woo movie, an American John Woo movie, uh, which is not something we've gotten in quite a while. Um, Very strange, I don't know the circumstances of like how this project came together Um, Maybe he was drawn to the unique challenge of presenting a narrative without dialogue or something. I'd like to see it just because I very much love John Woo. Uh, Joel Kinman actually is a little bit of a selling point as well. Um, Also, it's part of the, I guess, modern trend of... christmas uh action movies that we've been getting i mean for fuck's sake i think it's also a Lionsgate film and the poster art may as well be the same identical uh to violent night from last year so we now we have in reverse order violent night silent night or silent night violent night um who knows where they'll they'll go next in 2024 but you better believe they're probably going to try to make a, a unrelated trilogy of films based on this trend Um, yeah I I haven't heard much amazing about this one um, but I I will end up watching it I seriously doubt I'll end up buying it Um, but I did see Violent Night and I did largely enjoy it so you know I'll get around to this one eventually Uh, we have Eileen uh, from the year 2023 this comes to us from Decal releasing and stars uh, Anne Hathaway and Thomasin McKenzie Hey, Shay Wiggum's in there as well. I always like Shay Wiggum. Um, I know very little about this one, but uh, actually, the the girlfriend, uh, she was the one who pointed this out to me. Uh, She seemed to have high hopes for this one. Uh, Perhaps just because of the talent involved, I'm not sure, but maybe, like, clearly she's aware of something I'm not. Um, But yeah, that's the only way I know about that one. Uh, and let's see if there's anything else that jumps out at me. It's looking like no. So yeah, I think I'm going to wrap this episode up. Uh, it's been a lot longer than I expected it to be, but uh, here comes the portion of the catching up on Blu-ray episode where I work my way backwards through the calendar, uh, and just call out any titles that I think I'll actually be buying. Uh, or you know renting or going out of my way to check out for whatever reason so already said it just a couple of seconds ago Silent Night directed by John Woo Uh, I would very much like to see it probably not going to be buying it Uh, at least not without vetting it first like actually watching it first Uh, the Conan Chronicles on the other hand uh, I I bought that I, I already paid for it it's on its way um working my way backwards through the calendar, I do see a title that I probably should mention. Um, it's called Wolf Pack. Uh, it's directed by Michael Chang, uh, stars uh, Max Zhang. Um, and that's about it as far as a Chinese talent that I'm familiar with. Um, I have to assume the title convention and um, you know the Chinese military action thriller aspect of it is trying to... I cash in on the ungodly success of uh, the wolf warrior uh franchise there's only two of those movies perhaps there are plans to make a third i'm not aware of them but the point is wolf warrior one and two made an ungodly sum of money uh, so you better believe um, the mainland uh, chinese film industry is just awash with with military action thrillers sometimes including the words wolf or wolves uh, in the title um i caught a trailer for this one it looked middling at best i'm curious not enough to just fucking buy it though um but yeah it exists and i might watch it someday but i'm not gonna buy it uh thinner you know i'm always down to re-watch it but again i don't buy that many uh, horror films so it's kind of hard to save if i'd actually open my wallet to that one kindergarten cop while again I, it's very similar to thinner while i seeing it makes me want to watch it it's not exactly like what i'd call essential arnold schwarzenegger viewing it put it this way the girlfriend my girlfriend she's not especially well versed in arnold schwarzenegger's filmography um and that's not one that i would probably show to her if i was trying to get her up to speed with like his greatest hits or something uh so yeah probably not going to be grabbing that one uh the raid uh on 4k uh, i really do want to see that uh the new color grade and everything i really do want to own that um but it is like 50 dollars right now and for for a single movie like for a single disc for for something that i technically already have on my shelf that's quite a lot to ask so that's that's a no until it comes down price hopefully it does um yeah i'm going to keep rolling <laughs> pretty thin month uh the holdovers i really want to see that i think the girlfriend told me she wants to as well uh, so i'll be watching that not going to be buying it so yeah pretty thin month as far as purchases are concerned but yeah that was uh catching up on blu-ray for january 2024 uh, so thank you for joining me hopefully it was tolerable uh, being as it was just me on the mic today but uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content you can find all of that collected on our website at Uh, you can also find us on the social medias in the form of the instagram at catchinguponcinema as well as the Twitter, slash X at Catching Cinema. Uh, So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade, so fucking Google it. Uh, That being said, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.